Welcome to That's Agritastic, the show that celebrates the scope and diversity of agriculture across the country. I'm Pete Emmons, your host. Joining me are my very special guests. It's Ashley Thompson of the Thompson Family Farm and her son, Case, and daughter, Abby. And today, we're exploring the Thompson Family Farm in Marysville, Ohio. Hey, welcome to the show, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Okay. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, we're doing good. Hey, I know that spring is a really busy time at the farm, and I really appreciate you taking time out of your operation for a few minutes to let us go inside. What's your operation? So again, right off the get-go, thank you so much uh, for allowing us to be part of uh, your morning here today. Now, this is the first time that you have been on our show. We like to have some fun with our guests. We'd like to get to know a little bit about you, each of you. So um, I'm going to start with you, of course, Ashley. Now, did you grow up on a farm? Um, sort of. Uh, my, my parents owned a few acres outside of town. Um, my mom was a teacher and my dad worked for a factory. Um, and so we just kind of did some hobby farming around there. And uh, I started making hay with my dad um, when I was in middle school and high school and kind of continued on once I graduated. Perfect. Now, did you participate in 4-H or FFA growing up? Yeah, I did both of those. Um, I was in a 4-H club to show uh, market hogs. I showed a, horses for a couple of years. Um, and then I also was in uh, FFA as well in high school. I did a lot with that. Um, I was a member of several different teams and um, I was an officer. So uh, we did a lot of stuff with FFA. Excellent. Now, after high school, it looks like you went on to continue your education. Yep. I went to Moorhead State University in Kentucky, um, and I figured out, or I guess I majored in becoming an ag teacher, um, and then uh, came back home uh, once there was a job opening up here. So I'm working in my hometown. Perfect. And did I see that uh, not only did you have a bachelor's of science in ag education, but you eventually also went on and got a master's at University of Finley? Yep, in uh, science education. So just to help me be able to teach the science concepts in, in agriculture, um, in physics and chemistry and those sorts of things. Now walk us through the time sequence after that, then uh, at what point did you become involved in the Marysville program in terms of your uh, career? In the Marysville Ag Ed program? Yeah. Oh, well, um, after uh, college, after undergrad, I graduated in 2007, and timing worked out perfectly for me to come up home and uh, apply to be a teacher here in the Marysville Ag Ed department, and I've been there ever since, so just finishing uh, 15 years now. And you work very closely with Sherry Anderson. Then. Yes, I do. Yep. Case. I have a few questions for you. Now, you are, you've just finished up the fourth grade. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I stopped that day. Okay, and, and where did you go to school this past year? Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Raymond Elementary. And where will you go next year? Uh, Creekview. Going to go to Creekview. So I'm going to ask you this question. What was your favorite subject all year? And you can't say it was recess either. <laughs> Uh, art. Art. Okay. What was your least favorite? Music. Music. Now, have you been involved in 4-H? Uh, yeah. 
did you start doing the with a clover bud program? No. No. So what have you done in 4-H? Um, what'd you do last year? Do you have any oh, projects? Yeah. I learned how to make scrambled eggs. Yeah, and this year, um, how to make a bur a vegan burger, which actually tastes gross now, so just a regular one. Oh, just a regular burger. Burger. I'm we sure got that. I'm sure that you got better as the year went on, and I bet Mom can attest to the quality of, of it improving, right, Mom? <laughs> yep, yep. He's uh, he likes the cooking projects. I think he likes the eating of the cooking projects, but um, he's pretty excited. He wants to grill some burgers this year. So, Case, uh, I bet you have some chores around the, the farm there. What is uh, the earliest chore that you ever remember doing when you were really young? What was one of the first chores that Mom and Dad had you do? Feeding the sheep. Feeding the sheep. Okay, very good. Abby, you attend Marysville High School? Yeah. And are you entering your sophomore year? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Now, I understand that you are an athlete, and uh, did I hear that you participate in the girls lacrosse team? Yes. Okay. What position do you play? I play defense. Okay. And how many years have you done lacrosse? This is my third year. You're going to do it again next year? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Now, have you been involved in 4-H or FFA also? I do both. I'm vice president of my 4-H club, and I just got elected to be assistant reporter of my FFA chapter. Awesome. Well, congratulations on that. That's a major responsibility being the reporter of that. So lots of exciting things going on. Now, what other things are you involved in besides, that are non-academic besides lacrosse? Any other activities at school? Not really. <clears throat> sports takes up a lot of it's Between the sports and the, and the farm and FFA and 4-H, that takes up a lot of your time, doesn't it? Yeah. So what are you really looking forward to next year? Um, My livestock class and going to National FFA Convention again. Okay. You, did you go, you've already gone once? Mm -hmm. Excellent. That's a great event. I've had the opportunity to go there four times. So that's a, that's a great event. So at this point, do you have any plans beyond the high school, what you're going to do after high school? It's I think I want to go to either a two or four year uh, school to be a vet tech. Excellent. Well, let's, right now, let's go inside your farm operation there. Ashley, how long has this farm been in the Thompson family? Um, a very long time. The The farm's been around. Uh, I, would, I would have to ask Leif uh, to tell me exactly when it was purchased, but um, mid-1800s, um, they purchased the ground here in Union County. Um, and uh, We've been kind of raising sheep primarily, I think, and, and just uh, other field crops to kind of support the sheep uh, since that time. Um, and then Leif and I have kind of taken over working on the majority of this since around 2007 when we got married. Okay. How big is the farm itself? How many acres? Um, there's around 160 acres on the farm. Um, we... Uh, we put hay out on about 40 acres, and then we have 
about another 15 or so um, in pasture for the sheep. And then the remaining acreage right now, um, we cash rent for um, row crops. Very good, excellent. Now getting ready for the show, I did some research on some interesting facts about sheep and some things that I wasn't quite aware of. I had no idea that uh, sheep were first domesticated over 10,000 years ago in Central Asia and that there's a thousand different breeds in the United States, but only worldwide, I should say, but only 47 in the United States. What are the most predominant breeds in the United States? Talk about sheep. Um. Probably the most popular one for me in this in the U.S. would probably be Suffolk. Um, and then there's some sheep that are raised for wool, but that's not a not a very popular thing to do very much anymore. Um, so most of your most of your sheep are going to be of a Suffolk cross of some type. Now, is that what you have there? Yes, um, we actually have some Hampshire crosses with Suffolk. Um, and, and Shropshire kind of mixed in there. So we raise a commercial flock. Um, we try to get some lambs that are good enough to take to the county fair, um, and then the rest just go to market. How many do you have right now? Um, right now we have about 20 breeding ewes, and um, we have about 10 or so lambs left from this past year's lamb crop. We're finishing out to take to market here in a few weeks. And they are herbivores. What do you feed them? Um, they eat the hay off the farm, and then uh, a grain that we buy from a feed mill down in Plain City. Now I understand they have a very large appetite. How how much do they eat in one day? Um. Well, I I try to feed them around um, per. It's not that much actually. About a pound a day for grain for each you and. Uh, anywhere from three to five pounds of hay per day. Okay. The uh, two to three pounds. Okay, Dick. Now, also, the uh, world record for the woolish sheep was a feral sheep named Chris who had 88 lobs of fleece, 88 on one sheep. What is your average amount of sheep of, of wool that you get on one sheep? We actually don't weigh the wool from our sheep. Um, our sheep are really only made for meat production. So the wool that they produce, nobody is real happy with. So they don't use it. Um, we just compost that. So I'm, I'm not actually sure how much comes off each lamb. Okay. Now I also read an interesting fact that one pound of wool makes 10 miles of yarn. <laughs> I don't know if that is a yarn of itself. That'd be a lot. Speaking, but, uh, that's extremely interesting. And sheep milk, is more nutritious than cows and has more calcium, phosphorus, and potassium. Do you do anything with sheep milk? Just let the babies have it. So we don't milk the ewes or um, make any cheese or anything out of that. We just let that go straight to the babies and we're thankful for that. <laughs> and they're, they're very, very intelligent animals. Well, I don't know if I would say that. <laughs> uh, they, uh, Common sense seems to elude them. <laughs> they, they get themselves into some, some quagmires every now and then, but um, for the most part, they do all right. Um, but if we weren't here to help them kind of navigate some of those trials, um, it, there'd probably be a few catastrophes along the way. <laughs> okay, keeps you, keeps you hopping, I am sure. Yeah. So give us an idea, walk us through the year by, by season, if you would, about what are some of the main things that you're, is there much difference from 
from, for example, from spring to summer in terms of, of how you treat and how, th types of things that you do with the sheep? Um, there's a lot of stuff we do to manage um, their pasture. Um, springtime, they're out on pasture right now. So this is actually maybe a little bit of an easier season for us because we get plenty of rain right now. We got plenty of pasture and, and they do a great job of keeping things grazed down and, and they're pretty low maintenance right now. Um, there's plenty of nutrition out there in the field, so they don't even need a whole lot of supplement. Um, when we get into the summer and things dry up, um, we're going to have to start to supplement some hay for them. And um, as we get into the summer, we're going to start to prepare for breeding season. So getting the ewes and the rams in, in peak condition so that we have some good fertility rates. Um, and then go through the fall. Again, a fairly easy keeping kind of season. Um, and then for us, lambing starts um, around December. And we're, we have a pretty busy season from December through February, probably the coldest months of the year. Um, we're worried about lambs being born and um, keeping everybody warm um, and just trying to make sure that everybody stays healthy at that point in time. So um, lambing is usually done around the end of January and then it's just time to finish and grow everybody out. We really try to hit that Easter market with our lambs, have them about 90 pounds or so in time to go. Um, to the market about a week or so before Easter. So that's our schedule. So it sounds like the, the winter in terms of the amount of activity seems to be the most predominant uh, time of the year. Yeah, that's the most crazy. We do have to shear them about twice a year. So we're getting ready to shear them here in a few weeks and we'll shear them again um, in the late fall, right before winter time, just to make lambing easier. Excellent. Right now, it is time to salute all of our outstanding show sponsors that make our program possible. That does include the Central Ohio Farm Bureau of Union, Madison, Delaware, and Franklin Counties, UT's Farm Market of Plains City, Ohio, Marysville, Ohio branch of the Middlefield Banking Company, Health Markets Insurance, Michelle Mercer Office of Dublin, Ohio, and the Ohio Ecological Food and Farm Association. You'll find great products and services at all of our show partners. Well, besides just the sheep, you have a hay component to your farm. How much hay do you actually grow? Um, hay is the, the primary part of our farm. It's the bigger moneymaker. Um, we grow, well, we produce, I should say, around 5,000 small square bales a summer, um, which takes a fair bit of effort and manpower. Um, and uh, I, I would guess that's about, oh, like I said, around 40 acres or so of hay. Is that pretty, pretty consistent year after year about that same level? Yeah, yeah. Um, we've had a really good year last year. Um, we had a good amount of rain that, at the right time, and we had some good dry spells in between that gave us enough time to get it up off the field. Right now, actually, is a crazy week um, because weather hit perfectly this week. Um, I don't think you could ask for anything better when it comes to making hay, and, and right now we've got all the hay down, and when I get off the phone with you, this girl over here is going to go out and tead the hay and get it ready to go um, dry down a little bit more. And we're going to start raking here around lunchtime and then it's time to bale some more. So we got the first. You all the sun shines, right? Yeah. <laughs> Good. We got the first round or so done yesterday and probably have about 700 more to go today. Now, what about your, where does your distribution go? Are you selling it to other outlying farms? Um, we do sell to other people in Union County, but I have a few key customers that we deliver to throughout the year. 
um, a few of those in Delaware and places like that. Um, and and for us, the the key concept here is we make good quality hay and we provide some storage for the year for people who have animals but don't necessarily have anywhere to keep the the volume of hay that they need for the year. So they just call us and and we deliver. Perfect. And uh, your customer base have been pretty consistent. Has it grown? Um, it's been pretty consistent for the past couple years. So we 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 picked up a couple new customers now, but um, for the most part, I I have the customers I need that can support what we produce. Um, so I have a little bit extra, but not a whole lot. That's that's good. Good position to be in. Let's bring Case into the picture here now because I see that he is starting an ag new ag business. Hey, Case, what is your business going to be called? What is it called? I see it's an ag. Uh, is it Case's Enterprise? Case's Enterprise? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Can he get a little closer to the to your to your mic? Move yeah. a little closer. There you go. Now, uh, why did you decide to, to do this? Because because you wanted fresh. I wanted fresh crops. You wanted to have fresh crops. So, what sort of vegetables will you be growing? Mm -hmm. Like carrots, uh, corn, and that uh, that weird type of melon. Cantaloupe. 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 Yeah. Okay. And where will you sell things? At farmers market. The farmers market. At the farmers market in Marysville. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how hard has it been to get started with this? What's been the hardest part to get started? Um, Probably tilling up the ground, right? Tilling up the ground. That was hard work. Okay. Now I know you know a lot about vegetables, so I'm gonna ask you a fun question here. Let's see if you know the answer to this here. And that is, what vegetable do boaters, people on boats, never wanna have on their boats? Do you know what that is? Weeds. Leeks. It's leeks. Oh. <laughs> Voters never want to have the vegetable leeks on their boat. You can understand that why. Okay. All right. So what do you plan to uh, do uh, as you get going here? Do you have some goals of how much you want to sell, how much money you want to make during this year? Um. So like 500 and if in a hundred days, probably a thousand. <laughs> okay, big goals. Excellent. Well, I'm sure that it. I'm sure that it will go go well for you. Now let's get Abby here into the conversation. Abby, you are a wildflower person, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, how long have you been growing wildflowers for? Um. I have been growing them for three years. This will be my fourth year. Now, what piqued your interest in starting this in the first place? I just really liked flowers and my favorite season was fall. So I decided to start growing mostly some flowers and other flowers um, to sell at the farmer's market. Okay. And you have a sunflower garden? Yes. 
Are these mostly black-eyed Susans? Um, I haven't started growing any of those yet. I think I want to add them though. Okay. You mentioned that you you mentioned that you grow some other flowers besides sunflowers, uh, some other perennials or annuals. What are you what else are you growing? I grow um carnations, dianthus, zinnia, zinnias, and what was that one called? Dahlia. Okay, I have some of those planted in my flower garden as well. What uh, what are some interesting things that sunflowers get to be really, really large? Now, what are some interesting things about sunflowers that people might not be aware of? Um, one thing that I think is pretty cool is that as the sun rises and goes down, the head of the sunflower follows the sun. It tracks it throughout the day. Wow, that's interesting. Now, they grow very, very fast. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what is the average height that they get to be? Is it like five or six feet or does it just depend on what variety you have? Um, I would say for most sunflowers, they're about five to six feet, but I have some that I grow called mammoth and they get to be, I don't know, seven like or seven feet. or eight feet. Your now, uh, how, how far apart, when you plant these, when you plant these, uh, how much space do you need between plants? Um, most of them do just fine right on top of each other. Um, I try to plant them about like three inches between them, but last year, um, a lot of my sunflower seeds just fell out of the head back onto the ground and they popped all back up and there's a bunch of them with no space in between them. So I think they do just fine without it. They just take, they just take off now. Do you do anything with this uh, sunflower? So a lot of people like to chew the sunflower seeds. Do you do anything? Do you sell the, the sunflower seeds too? Um, <clears throat> I don't sell them like that. I sell them um, just the head. Once the head has dried and all, all the sunflower seeds inside are mature, I sell them as bird feeders instead. Um, I'm not really sure how to cook sunflowers, but I'm assuming that takes a little while. Okay, well, it's something that you can research later on as you get into it even more. So are you going to continue this beyond this year? Um, yeah, I think so. I'm going to, it, it's right now is my SAE project for FFA. So um, I use all of the money I make and all of the money I spend on that. But okay. I'm not really sure how far it will go. Okay, one one step at a time here with that. What is the most surprising and interesting thing that you have learned since you started this process? Um, just how many different kinds of sunflowers there are. There's just so many different colors. And one of my favorite sunflowers is the one that is, uh, it's one stem, but it has like at least 20 blooms on it and they're called Maximiliums. Wow, 20 blooms on one. That is a lot of blooms right there. Ashley, uh, as we look into our great ag crystal ball that I have here on my desk, although you can't see it, uh, we always like to look ahead and kind of project things. But what impacts do you see happening over the next couple of years with a changing environment, with market conditions going this way and that way, and the demand for, for, for sheep and other factors, the things that you have on your farm? What, what do you see happening and what, 
sort of things does that affect in terms of your long range plans for your operation there? Um, well, you know, like everybody else, we're kind of fighting, you know, increasing input costs, you know, fuel is more expensive now, fertilizer is more expensive now, but um, hopefully we'll be able to balance that with the demand for the hay and for the sheep that we produce. Um, I have a pretty strong market for hay right now. I think as long as people have a little bit of extra money to have their hobby horses and things like that, um, I think we'll continue to do well with the hay. Um, and the market for sheep keeps going up um, as we have increasing populations come in um, to our community that have a preference for eating lamb and things like that. So um, we're trying to keep up with those requests as we get them. Um, and so hopefully um, we can just, we can balance everything out and, and continue to move forward with some goals for the farm. Perfect. Hey, I know that we could probably talk probably for two or three more hours about all the parts of your farm, but you know what? I have a show clock here. It's ticking and I don't know how to stop it because if I do, do that, I would stop it right now and we could keep going. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, I have not learned how to do that yet. But you've given us a great overview of your family farm here today. What's a final message that you'd like to leave with our listeners about your operation and family farms in general? Um. Uh, just that we appreciate the community's support of our operation and, and looking to us when they when they have a need for hay or for fresh meat. Um, so we appreciate them thinking of us. Um, and also that, you know, we all family farms, we try our very best to be great stewards of the land um, and great caretakers of our animals. We truly care and are passionate about those endeavors. Um, I do believe that deep down being in agriculture and being a farmer is is a calling, you know, and I can't think of a greater calling than trying to find some way to provide um, sustenance and and all the things that we need to stay alive. So um, we we work our hearts out here to to make sure we produce high quality food um, for our, our fellow neighbors and friends, um, and we just appreciate them thinking of us uh, when they need to buy those things so that we can continue to do something we love um, and hopefully they love what we make. Well, your passion and your commitment uh, to farming shows that your entire family and, and the conversations that we've had here today, I can't thank you enough, all of you, for your time and talent uh, for giving us insight on your farm there. Hey, look forward to touching back with you perhaps at a later time too. So again, thank you so much uh, for welcome. coming on the show today. And as we wind down, a final acknowledgement of all of our show sponsors. That does include the Central Ohio Farm Bureau of Union, Madison, Delaware, and Franklin Counties, a grassroots membership organization dedicated to strengthening and sustaining agriculture through policy advocacy, professional development, resource provisions, and outstanding member benefits. For more information, you can contact Melinda Lee, the organization director, that's M. Lee, at OFBF.org, M. Lee at OFBF.org. Utsi's Farm Market of Plain City, Ohio. Hey, it's your one-stop shop for all your favorite Amish cheeses, over 30 types, deli meats, baked goods, and more. Their corn crib is now open, and it is loaded, and I do mean loaded, with fresh produce, and that does include local strawberries. And I have to tell you, they are off the charts. I have some of them right now in my fridge. They are outstanding. They've got Georgia melons. They've got watermelons, a large selection of other delicious items. You can find them on Facebook and be sure to order online. They're located on Converse Huff Road on Route 42 in Plain City. They're open Monday to Saturday, 9 to 5. You'd see Farm Market. It's worth the drive. 
the Marysville Ohio branch of the Middlefield Banking Company, offering great rates for ag, commercial, and residential projects combined with exceptional personal customer service. Located on Coleman's Crossing in Marysville, open Monday to Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Saturdays, 8.30 a.m. to noon. You can find them on Facebook. They're ready to serve you. Health Insurance Markets, Michelle Mercer, Dublin, Ohio office. Choosing the right Medicare plan can be confusing. You can call her today at 614-606-0422. That's 614-606-0422 to set up a free initial consultation for her. You can also email her at mmercer at healthmarkets.com. That's mmercer at healthmarkets.com. Health Markets Insurance, Inc. is licensed in all states and D.C. and service and product availability may vary. Agents may receive compensation based on enrollment. And there's no obligation to enroll. And the Ohio Ecological Food and Farm Association, cultivating a future in which sustainable and organic farmers thrive. Local food nourishes our communities and ag practices protect and enhance our environment. Hey, now is the perfect time to become a member offering mega benefits, including organic certification, educational events led by experts, one-on-one -on -one technical support to grow and sustain your business. Go to oeffa.org. That's oeffa.org. Your patronage and support of all of our show's sponsors makes a huge positive difference. Well, join us again for our next Ag Adventure on May 30th when we catch up with FoodWise and explore the latest happenings with the outstanding San Francisco Ferry Market, Plaza Farmers Market, and the Mission Center Market. Until the next time, this is Pete Emmons. Make it an aggregate we.